With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral, simpler communications. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Welcome back to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am Belly Up Sports, Red Sox beat writer, L.J. LaFura. And alongside me on this Belly Up Sports podcast, we've got Brandon Karam. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, Yeah, uh... I got to watch the Yankees actually win a game tonight. So that was exciting. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. But other than that, I'm I'm, I'm doing great on this uh, now early Wednesday morning. Yes. So why don't we jump on into the action? Let's not dance around this. Our first game, I believe we got going is the Padres and the Brewers. We do, yes. And uh, just so you know, LJ, I have already thought of a title for this episode. It's going to be called Corbin Burns Does Not Get Appreciated Enough or something along those lines because this guy continues his, his dominance. He goes six scoreless innings against that Padres lineup. 
Uh, and now his ERA on the season is at 0 0.37. Uh, pretty good. That's, yeah, that's not bad. That's okay. Uh, on to the actual game, though. The, the Brewers score five runs in the third inning thanks to a uh, Billy McKinney home run, Travis Shaw double, and Omar Narvaez single. Jace Peterson homered in the ninth inning to make it 6 nothing Brew Crew, and that would be your final. The win goes to Corbin Burns, who's now 2-1 and one on the year. He goes six innings, four hits, no runs, striking out 10. He's the first pitcher in the modern era with 40 strikeouts and zero walks in a four-game span, uh, and that starts his year. Since the start of 2020, Corbin Burns beats, beats uh, Jacob deGrom in ERA, fifth, extra base hits allowed, and uh, Fangraphs war. LJ, is it time to consider this guy like an actual ace? Because what he's done in the last, uh, at least 2020 and the start of this season has been incredible. Um, you know, I'm about, I'm about to say this guy's fantastic. He absolutely deserves this appreciation post that we're putting together here for the podcast, but I'm not ready to give him top billing ace. Give me a full season where your team's actually competitive and you're raking in the wins. And yeah, if, if he, if he is able to do after, after this, if he's able to show flashes of this the rest of the year, it doesn't have to be this. But if he can do that, then he certainly should be in the Scion conversation most years going into the start of the season. He should be talked about up there with Bieber, with DeGrom, with Bauer, with Cole. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who kind of came out of nowhere, but... uh to start this year, the fact that he hasn't walked anybody yet and has 40 strikeouts is just it is just insane. Yeah, I'm shocked of that. And then again, too, you have to think about he's been going consistently at least six, right? Is this yeah? Oh, how yeah. Many, yeah, he's had like six like in all of his starts. It's not that easy, what even if you're not walking anybody, to throw that efficient of strikeouts because realistically with a strikeout you're thinking they're not going to all be one two three strikeouts you're going to have a couple balls in there those are going to be four or five pitch at bats at least and so those can eat away at the pitch count a lot more than a contact uh, a weak contact pitcher is going to where he may only be throwing three pitches in at bat but may give up a few more hits here and there based on that so like the way he's pitching, it shouldn't be as consistently efficient as it has been. If that makes totally sense. I 100% agree. And uh, for those of you who want to watch some of the, the, the pitches he threw tonight, go to at a pitching ninja on Twitter. He has some great clips from not, not, not only Corbin Burns, but the rest of the pitchers that we're going to talk about today. Uh, he posts really nice clips on there of uh, pitchers. But uh, – the loss in this game goes to Chris Paddock, who's one and two on the year. Uh, tough loss for him. He allows five total runs. Only one of them is earned. He goes five innings, striking out seven. The Milwaukee Brewers are now 10 and seven. The Padres are 10 and nine. The, the Brewers send out Adrian Hauser against 
Denilson Lamette, who will be making his season debut for the Padres after a very strong 2020 showing from him. Yeah, again, just the rich getting richer in that NL West. <laughs> NL West. Um, yeah, and then as for Chris Paddock, I mean, that's got to be the bad beat of the day. One earned run, you can't complain with that. Realistically, I, I usually say somewhere around five innings, three runs is that questionable range. So if you're below that, you should have a solid chance to win. If you're at one earned run and you were, you're able to at least get to five, there's no reason that you shouldn't win at least, what would you say, Brandon, 65% of your games? Yeah, that's a pretty fair number. I'd say even higher than that. Yeah. Like there's no there's no reason for this to happen. You have to come up against something absolutely crazy for a one earned run game to happen like that, especially with their bullpen. Getting over to the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, uh, despite Eduardo Rodriguez's best attempts, Toronto got on the board first with a Bobochet solo shot, 380 over the monster for the one nothing lead in the fourth inning. In the next half inning, the Red Sox got their revenge. Xander Bogart says a quick hello and then an emphatic Varwell, a three-run shot to center. A few ABs later, Bobby Dalbeck hit a three-bagger to score another run, making it four-to-one Sox. Randall Grichik hit a solo shot in the seventh, but the Jays fall four-to-two. Give the win to Eduardo Rodriguez. Eddie Aces is now 3-0 and on the year in three starts, and he pitched what we will be calling the stitch line. Six innings, two earned runs, six strikeouts. He also only had four runners on in the game. Give the loss to Hyunjin Ryu, who went five innings, allowing four earned runs, and Matt Barnes will get the save, his third on the year. These two teams will play today. It'll be the last game of their two-game series against each other. On to the Braves and the Yankees. And Ari Adrianza, very nice name there. Uh, that's a good baseball name. Uh, he had a double that got Atlanta on the board in the third inning, and that made it one nothing Braves. Gio Rochella, the happy fella, steps up in the fifth and ties the game on a long ball. The Yankees are able to scrap together two more runs off the Braves, one on a wild pitch. One on a on a bases loaded walk from Mike Ford, who has replaced Jay Bruce. Uh, I never thought I would say I wanted Mike Ford on the roster more than I did today, but uh, he comes through, and you know we haven't lost a game with Mike Ford on the roster now. So uh, the Yankees win three to one. Give the win to Jonathan Loizaga, who is two and zero. Oh. Let me just say some of the 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 uh, moves out of the uh, bullpen today. Made absolutely zero sense in my mind, the Yankees. We tried to, like, go with an approach of not trying to burn every single relief pitcher in our bullpen by bringing in Lucas uh, Lecky after we pulled Tyone, who went a strong five innings. But we ended up using essentially all of our best pitchers except, except – uh, Darren O'Day. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the, the bullpen management was, but a win is a win. Give the win to Jonathan Lewisigo, pitch that eighth inning. He's 2-0 and on the year. Tyler Matzek gets the loss for the Braves. He's unable to record an out, allowing two hits and two runs. 
Aroldis Chapman gets his second save of the year. The Yankees break a five-game losing streak, and they improve to now 6-10. and 10. The Braves fall to 7-10. and 10. Podcast favorite Ian Anderson takes on Corey Kluber today in the second and final game of this series. Yeah, certainly an opportunity to get back on track for the Yankees. Um, one stat that I saw yesterday that I'm now updating for today that I found very interesting on the Red Sox, just to kind of backtrack, they're now 11-0 and on the year when they lead at any point in the game. So that just goes to show, again, how good that bullpen's been. Their, their best five guys in that bullpen have like a 1-3-7 ERA right now. It's really been a fantastic to watch them go out there and play, and they're obviously not blowing leads. Additionally, yeah. Additionally, all time in all Red Sox, the Red Sox are still undefeated when they lead at the end of the game. <laughs> it's a pretty good one there. That's a good stat. Yeah. I mean, I, you can't go wrong with that. Not at all. Undefeated in, them, in those logic. I mean, how many other teams do that? All right. First game of the Twins and A's. Mitchie Two Bags might consider a nickname change to Mitchie Four Bags after today. Mitch Moreland hit the first two the first two home runs of the game and drove in three runs. Matt Olson hit a grand slam and the A's won seven nothing. Give the win to Sean Manaya, who went seven innings of a complete game shutout with seven strikeouts. The loss will be given to Matt Shoemaker, who went three and a third of an inning, allowing five earned runs. Over in game two of this series, or this doubleheader and the series, this game was decided by an RBI single by Seth Brown, which allowed Oakland to win 1-0. Give the win to Jesus Lazardo, who went five and a third of an inning, allowing no earned runs and striking out six batters. The loss will be given to Jose Barrios, who went five innings, allowing one earned run and striking out five batters. The save will be given to Jake Deitman, Dykeman, his first, and these two teams will play game three today with Kenta Maeda going up against Frankie Montas. I really feel like you missed some sort of pun that you could have done for this one because we've been saying two two sets of twins, and now the twins had to play two games in a, a day. Twin, it was twin gaming. Yeah, yeah. this is also, also the second time in the past two weeks. There's twin weeks of Twin doubleheaders for the Minnesota Twins. After two sets of twins tested positive for the Rona. And did they have to miss? Two games. A twin set of games. A twin set of games, yeah. Love it. Really just too much there. Uh, Oakland, though, uh, you know, they got off to that terrible start. They have a winning record now. Like, I, what are they uh, – nine and seven maybe uh yeah they are or no they're 11 and seven after this they've won 10 in a row 10 in a row after today you know and it's absolutely fascinating to watch because you look over at houston and houston really floundered after uh everything that happened in that whole dominating the a's and then they come out after that have a all right, second week, and then have really just struggled to keep things going. The consistency hasn't been there uh, unless they have like Granky on the mound. So it's certainly fascinating to me to see these two teams flip flop so early in the season. 
onto the Cardinals and the Nationals. It would be scoreless until the bottom of the sixth inning when Josh Bell uncorked a home run to make it 1-0 Washington. The Cardinals would strike back in the seventh inning on a Dylan Carlson triple, then a sack fly from Austin Dean to take the lead and make it 2-1. But the Washington Nationals, they did not give in. They score from a Trey Turner single to tie the game and then a Jan Gomes walk to go ahead 3-2. to two, And that would be your final. Give the win to uh, Daniel Hudson. He's now 2-0 and on the year out of the Washington bullpen. The loss goes to Giovanni Gallegos out of the St. Louis pen. He's 2-1 and one on the year. The save goes to Brad Hand. That's his second save on the year. The Nationals are now six and nine. Nice. And the Cardinals fall to eight and nine. Today's matchup is Carlos Martinez taking on Max Scherzer. Very nice indeed. All right. We're going to get into the second very low scoring game in an AL ballpark today. This one nothing Dodgers win was decided by the by a third inning RBI single by Corey Seager. Give the win to Julio Arias went seven innings of shutout ball, striking out 11 batters and only giving up one hit. Give the loss to Marco Gonzalez, who went seven innings on one earned run and six strikeouts. And the fourth save of the season goes to Kenley Jansen. Brandon, is what's overall your take now? Just the more you're seeing it, of course, we talked about just how bad the offense has been at times this year. But Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We say that, but then we also see so many absolutely electric pitching performances with great stuff. You see um, a guy like Julio Urias, who really looked fantastic all night. You see a guy like Corbin Burns, who is absolutely going to town on guys. Every time Shane Bieber goes out on the mound, it's must-watch television. So you're getting so many guys right now who are hotter than they've ever been and are, or are making a name for themselves as one of the best pitchers in the league. So can you really blame it all on offensive strategy and just poor preparation from coming out of the pandemic? Or is this just really, are we seeing a rebirth in a pit, of a pitcher era? I think it's a couple of things. First of all, starting pitching and I should say not only starting pitching, but just the pitching in, in a general is becoming more and more scientific every year that we go on. You know, Trevor Bauer has all of this driveline stuff that he's doing now, which essentially in the offseason, he goes and works out with this, with these guys at the driveline program. Uh, Kyle Body is this guy who runs it and they essentially just hook you up to a bunch of different sensors and they tell you which parts of your pitching mechanics aren't good and like how to get more spin rate, how to get all these, how to get more uh, speed on your fastball. They, they're able to essentially tell you exactly which part of your body you need to get stronger. 
to do that stuff. And we're seeing pitchers become so much more, more dominant now. Uh, I think also something people aren't talking about is these, these pitchers, right? There was only a 60 game a season last year. Their arms are much, much uh, fresher than they uh, have been. At least I think that not having to go a full 162 last year has allowed these pitchers. Like, yes, there is still some of them who are who are uh, struggling to get on track with this routine of a full season again. But others, I think, have greatly benefited from having that short season last year and as there's just less wear and tear on their arm. But I love seeing what, what Corbin Burns is doing, Shane, Shane Bieber, Jacob DeGrom, uh, Garrett Cole's been electric too. All the guys that we really expected to be good this year have been really good. So uh, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly not an offensive strategy issue because we've seen the offensive strategy kind of be the same the last few years, just sort of home run or bust. But um, I don't know. I really like it. Like I'm not going to get mad at it with low scoring offenses. If, if it's low scoring and like the only runs are coming from home runs, then yeah, there's an issue, but we've seen quite a bit of variety in the league this year when it comes to offensive play, at least in my mind. Yeah, and I think overall, the home run mentality is not a, not nearly as much for most guys. The statistics of what's going to be more beneficial long-term to be shooting for, hits or home runs or anything, as much as it is a reactionary tale towards what these pitchers are able to do on the mound i think it the start of this pitcher revolution probably was starting a couple years ago but we never really saw it fully because of the juiced balls and so now that they've now that they've got a normal ball out there we're seeing it a little more because i think i would take this outlook if i was an mlb player less and less guys are going to be able to hit above 300 purely because of how good the pitching is, how many guys with crazy spin rates are throwing over a hundred miles an hour. So if I'm not going to be able to hit for average, I might as well get all I can out of that ball. So it's more of a reaction than a mathematical decision. Like if I'm not going to be able to do this, I have to react and change my game into something that will be the most productive thing for my team. So this is something we probably should have had our eye on a lot sooner than we have. I think it's not only a reaction, but like, so like you mentioned, like, yes, teams are reacting, but also they, they're also learning that hitting home runs is the smartest way to score runs over 162 game season. And while the, the product might not be as entertaining as it has been, LJ, I don't know if you saw the, the MLB TV report that came out. The other day, uh, in case anyone missed it, essentially MLB TV has had more, what is it, like individual plays than they ever had through this point in the season? Individuals, both individual signups, individual plays, and like single game plays. Like the particular, I think they were mentioning, they were mentioning it after the Dodgers-Padres series just because of how popular that was that more people were watching those specific games than ever had before. So if they could just, you know, make it so it's a little easier for everyone to get access to these things, then we'd be all set. But I'm not going to get into that today. Let's 
keep it going with the game recaps onto the Giants and the Phillies. Philadelphia jumped out to a four-run lead after three innings thanks to a Brad Miller three-run home run. The Giants would inch back on home runs from a Buster Posey and Tommy Lastella, but Alec Bohm also goes yard for the Phillies, and it's 6-3 to three Philadelphia after five innings. The, the Phillies' a bullpen then pulled their best 2020 impression out of the bag, allowing seven runs in the final four innings. Those Giants runs come from three home runs, another one from, from a Buster Posey, one from Alex Dickerson, and one from Wilmer Flores. They go on to win 10-7. to Give the win to Jose Alvarez out of the Giants' bullpen, the loss to Connor Brogdon out of the Phillies' bullpen, uh, Alvarez is one and one. Brogdon is now three and one. The Giants with the win are now 11 and six, and the, the Phillies are eight and nine after they got out to a hot start. The Giants send out Anthony DeSclafani to take on Zach Eflin today. All right, next up, we got the Rays and the Royals. It was a fantastic game for Tampa, whose all around team game got them 17 hits and 14 runs, including homers from Brandon Lau, Mike Zanino, and Austin Meadows. Carlos Santana had his third long ball of the season, but the Royals ultimately lose 14-7. to Give the win to Andrew Kittredge, the loss to Brad Keller, who went one and two-thirds of an inning, allowing five earned runs, and the save will go to Trevor Richards with the three in, first three-inning save of the season. All right, moving on to the Mets and the Cubs. The Cubs would score three runs in the first four innings, most notably on an Eric Sogard single. A J.D. Davis home run late was not enough to spark a Mets comeback, and they lose three to one. Give the win to Jake Arrieta, who's now three and one uh, since he returned uh, to play for the Cubs this offseason. Uh, five innings pitched, three hits, one run, four Ks. He brings his ERA down to 2.86. LJ, this was a signing that me and you were not very high on whatsoever, but it's actually uh, so far turning out to work out for the Cubs. Yeah, it's certainly working out. I mean, it's just, it was the way they went about it for me. I had never had an issue with the signing itself as much as I did with the, just the way they went about the offseason where it felt like they changed their attitude halfway through. So, I mean, yeah, great for Jake Arrieta. Um, Really glad to see him playing so well and playing for the Cubs. Uh, Let's get moving on to the Rangers and the Angels. The Angels got out to a 2-0 lead by the fourth inning, a lead they would keep with the help of Mike Trout's fifth home run trout of the season, as well as dingers by the machine, Albert Pujols and Kurt Suzuki. The Angels win six to two. Give the win to Griffin Kang, the loss to starter Jordan Lyles, who went six innings, allowing three earned runs and five strikeouts. And Shohei Otani went four innings of one hit ball with seven Ks. For anyone who's wondering why they pulled him so early with such a stat line, it was really just a matter of pitch count because uh, I, I did omit there that he had six walks in the game just between the strikeouts which are high pitch count 
activity and the walks, which of course are at minimum four balls pitched each time that brought his pitch count up into the eighties by the fourth. And it was better to let him live to fight another day. Uh, These two teams will play today. They've got Mike Fultonevich going up against Jose Quintana. On to the Baltimore Orioles taking on the Miami Marlins in Miami. The Orioles scored three runs in the first inning with contributions from a Rio Ruiz double. They would add two home runs in the third by Trey Mancini and Freddie Galvis to go up five to one. Miami would mount a comeback, pulling within one run in the sixth inning, but it was not enough, and the Orioles win seven to five. Give the win to Matt Harvey. The Dark Knight does rise once again. He gets his first win on the year. He's one and one. He goes five innings, allowing eight hits, three earned runs, and four Ks. The loss to Nick Nider, the Miami starter, who's now 0-1 on the year. He goes three innings, allowing five hits and five runs. The save to Cesar Valdez, his fourth of the year. The Orioles are now 8-9. and nine. The Miami Marlins fall to 7-9. and nine. Bruce Zimmerman will take on Trevor Rogers today. Let's talk a little White Sox Indians. In the early portion of the game, it was all about the long ball. Tim Anderson, Jordan Luplo, and Jose Abreu each had a homer by the end of the fourth. Yasmani Grandal and then another by Jose Abreu in the sixth and seventh helped the White Sox win eight to five. Give the win to Carlos Rodon, who went another great start here. Five innings, one earned run, eight strikeouts. The loss will be given to Zach Plezak, who went five innings, allowing six earned runs, and give that save to Liam Hendricks, his third on the year. These two teams will play today, while Chicago has yet to announce where their rotation is going next. Aaron Savalli, who has really been their hottest and clear number two so far this season in Cleveland, will be on the mound. All right, last game to talk about is the Astros and the Rockies. After a scoreless first five innings, Carlos Correa opened up the scoring in the sixth with a double to make it one nothing Astros. CJ Crone responded with a, a double and a home run, and then a Dom Nunez home run added on to the Rockies' offensive burst, scoring six runs across the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings. They go on to win six to two. Give the win to John Gray, the Colorado starter, who's now two and one on the year. He goes six and two thirds on three hits, one run, striking out six. The loss goes to Houston starter Luis Garcia, who's now 0-1 on the year. He goes five and two-thirds innings long, three hits, two runs, and striking out six. The Rockies improved to five and twelve. The Astros fall to seven and nine. It will be Jose Urquidy taking on Austin Gomer today. All right. That just about wraps up our game recaps. So you know what time it is. It is time for the PPP particular players people should care about. We got a couple here today to give a rundown for. Um, The first two kind of had the same line here. Uh, Jose Abreu and Mitch. Mitchy four bags, once a gold glover, always a gold glover, Moreland. 
both had two home runs in their in one game. Of course, Moreland's was the first of the doubleheader. He also went one for one with a walk in the second doubleheader. So really a fantastic day for them, getting those bats going, getting really starting to get into the swing of things, no pun intended, as they move towards March, uh, sorry, not March, May and June, where things really start to have to be production, production, production. Yeah, Ed, I was going to say, Ed, at what point do you start to, like, look at a player who is slumped early in the season? And, like, at, at what point do you change your expectations for a guy? Like, as, if, if someone starts off slow and they continue to stay slow, at, at what point do you, you know, tell, tell yourself they aren't going to be the guy that we thought they were going to be this year? I think it depends on the player. Like, Nate, give me an example. I mean – for a guy who's kind of started slow, but I mean, he has picked it up uh, lately, but actually I'll use uh, a, a a Yankee. Let's use someone like um, Clint Frazier or Glaber Torres, who are both struggling at the plate immensely this year. Glaber Torres. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Glaber Torres and Clint Frazier, I think I'm both in the same boat. I start to get nervous at the beginning of May. I... I lock in my expectations by the end of May. Hmm. I don't get, I don't think you can really give players who have yet to prove themselves like Frazier and Torres. You don't give them that long leash to figure things out. I think when you're looking at the bigger names, what really has now I've learned the lesson going out of the 60 game season is the fact that, you have to be you have to allow yourself to be patient with these stars. I mean, anyone who said that JD Martinez was washed right now looks like an absolute fool because he's setting the world on fire right now. And it doesn't look like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, he's got a hot, he's got a couple of lucky hits over the past couple of weeks. He looks every bit as good, if not better, than he did in 2017-18. So you just have to stick with guys for longer than that 50, 60 game first two months span if you know they have it in them. Um, I'm not, this is going to sound awful. I don't have a clue what Christian Yelich has been doing this year. I have not heard his name come up once in anything. Mm. But like he's a guy that I would give a little less time to or a little more time to compared to other guys. Is he hurt? 
No, he's been playing. Uh, I just uh, looked up his stats. He's sitting he's around like in in eight thirty OPS right now. So he's above average this year, but not setting the world on fire like we saw in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Yeah, he's only played nine games though. Yeah, uh, he might be hurt. Actually, we got to do an injuries update at some point. At least not tonight, but tomorrow's podcast will do. Uh, yeah, he is on the ten day IL. All right, so you know what? Here's what we'll do. So everyone on the pod hears it. Tomorrow, we're going to go through all the big names that are on the IL, and we'll talk about it. That'll be the second part of the show because uh, the games only go till, like, I think the last game starts at 8 o'clock today. So, uh, yeah, for t- tomorrow's pod, 100%, we'll talk injuries. Yeah, uh, so like um, a guy – Yep, go ahead. A guy like him is going to be the type of guy, a guy like J.D. Martinez – where I'm not going to start setting the expectations for the season until you get into June. I'm not even going to be nervous about how they're going to perform until mid-May. Just because these guys have proven that they deserve that respect. They deserve to be treated like an elite hitter, even if they have brought run back from that prime for a little while. I have uh, one it, it's it's two players, but their combined stat line today, and that's the Oakland A's starting pitchers in those two games where they had the the doubleheader. They got the complete game shutout from Sean Manaya, and then the other great start from Jesus Lazardo. Uh, their line is twelve and a third innings pitched, uh, eight hits. No earned runs, two walks, and 13 strikeouts. Uh, great push for them there. Uh, just a great uh, – not push, excuse me. Great great way to uh, really set the tone, not only in the the, uh, the doubleheader against a, a very good Twins lineup so far this year, but just in, in uh, general. Like we mentioned earlier, they're on a 10-game win streak, and a lot of that has come from this pitching – which couldn't get a guy out in those first two series to now being very, very good. Absolutely. I've got um, one more for us today, and that's Julio Urias. Of course, goes seven innings of shutout ball, really, actually, I'm sorry, one hit ball with 11 strikeouts. I mean, this is this is just another example of, all the stuff he has. And he's been that, that one guy in this rotation that we haven't seen be put in a comfortable position so far this season his the team is averaging one run in all of his starts. He has gotten one run of support in all three games he has started so far. Of course, it hasn't been statistically the type of game or type of season he's wanted. He ended up with uh, three earned runs and four earned runs in his first two starts uh but or his second and third starts but overall this just goes more to show how good he can be how scary this entire Dodgers rotation that we keep talking about being so scary this is just further proof of what the what closer to his ceiling is going to be and I'm sorry it was four games with one run I guess I never realized how bad of run support that he's he's gotten this year. The fact that he's three and zero, and and he's only gotten one uh, an average of one run of support over his games. Uh, 
that just shows how how good he's been pitching. Uh, you know, you would. Uh, it's it's crazy to think about just how stacked this team is, especially today where they have no no Cody Bellinger because he's on the IL still. No Mookie Betts to lead off, and this this offense this this team still finds a way to get wins. It's, I mean this 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 Dodgers team has a real chance to break the all time win record in a in in a single season. They have pretty much I think the best regular season starting rotation assembled potentially ever. Yeah, I just. It's strange because I have no rooting interest in the Dodgers. I never have. However, with this team, just because of how good they are, it's kind of like the 2016 Golden State Warriors, where they're just putting on such a show, such a clinic of modern baseball, that you kind of want to see them succeed. I I, I have not seen a game, of course, I would – felt for the Padres fans having to lose that first game in extras, but I haven't really seen a game where I've felt frustrated by the Dodgers winning. I've never felt anything other than, Oh, great. Good for them. Keep the runs up. Of course, it doesn't matter as much to me being in the opposite league, but I just, for it's strange for me to have such a hope that they do well all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, I I feel the exact same way because it's like every night when I'm when I'm going to watch the games, it's like they're the first team that always pops out at me. It's like, oh, let's see what's what's going on with the the Dodgers tonight. And they're just it's such it's so intriguing because when you see especially in 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 baseball, but this goes in any sport, when when you see a team as as well put together and as as dominant as this team is, it just becomes a must-watch thing. Like in the NFL, whether it's watching the the Kansas City Chiefs in the regular season, who essentially have only lost one or two games when when fully healthy with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback uh, in in the the regular season, it's like watching, like LJ said, that that Golden State team like watching the the Brooklyn Nets when all three of their superstars uh want to play basketball together at the Ooh, same all, time. All, all seven games. Oh no. <laughs> uh but it's just very impressive to watch uh especially in in baseball a sport that's so team oriented where it's it's individual but also team at the same time because you need contributions from everyone on your team in order to win. Uh it's very fun to watch the the Dodgers play the the game so well. It takes a village to win baseball games. Absolutely. Who do you think the different village people would be on the Dodgers roster? Trevor Bauer is the wow. I'm kind of for whatever reason Trevor Bauer was the first guy I thought of, but now I can't really figure out how he would fit into that kind of life. Oh, I don't know. Part of me really wants to go with the biker with Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Walker Bueller is 100% the construction guy. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling that, that one. Well, uh, let's Ooh, move on <laughs> to the leaderboard segment as we do every day. 
uh, have a quite a few interesting stat categories here for you. We're going to start off with war for hitters. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., who did not play today due to ab abdominal strain. Uh, he is listed as, as a day-to-day -day and should avoid IL time. He still sits in first at 1.6 war. Second place for hitters is Mike Trout with 1.4 war. And third place is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, could this be his true uh, breakout season where we see uh, just what he has the potential to do? He is at 1.2 war. For the pitchers, Corbin Burns takes over in first place. He is at 1.4 war, uh, tied with, with a Tyler Glass now with, with 1.4. Uh, and then uh, I guess this would be third. Yes, uh, Garrett Cole, he is at 1.3 war for the pitchers. K per nine. So the amount of strikeouts a pitcher would have if they pitched uh, all nine innings in a game, uh, theoretically. Jacob DeGrom is at 15.75. Uh, usually you don't see most most closers get close to that a number. Uh, yeah, he is just absolutely nuts. Uh, anytime he's pitching is also must-watch TV. Home runs for pitchers. I found this interesting. I was just like scrolling through the the leaderboards and saw this. Only six starters have thrown over 20 innings and have still not allowed a home run. Those starters are Tyler Glass now, Clayton Kershaw, Nathan Eovaldi, Brandon Woodruff, Johnny Cueto, and Kyle Gibson of the Rangers. Uh, and then uh, as for home runs for hitters, still – Ronald Acuna Jr. at the top with seven. Uh, LJ, do you have any takeaways from any of that? Uh, takeaways from that, Mike Trout's very good at baseball. Um, and I just wanted to make sure everyone was reminded of that. But Ronald Acuna, I have to be honest, I completely undervalued him. Like, I knew he was, I've always known he was good, but I was never like ready to, because I hadn't just, I just hadn't seen enough like, wows for me to say he is one of the best players in the game like I didn't see enough to say he was on the level of Soto of Trout of Betts but he is right there he's still young enough that he can if he's if he's on the bottom of that list he has plenty of room to rise and has been really exciting as for the home run thing, I find that absolutely fascinating with Nate Eovaldi. I mean, just he's he's developed his game so much, even just in the last couple years. This year in particular, he has stopped basically almost stopped using his slider entirely. Last year he was throwing it about 31% of the time. It's been down to 13% of his pitches are that slider. He's been relying on that four-seam fastball, really trusting his arm. Of course, he's had a lot of issues with it in the past, but he's got faith in it, and he's riding what he's throwing best right now. That's how you get that kind of confidence that doesn't give up the long ball. On that uh, note that you made about a Ronald Acuna, if even if you underestimated his his value, I think it's 
honestly not a terrible thing because it shows what a good spot we are in right now with the MLB in this next sort of crop of superstars that are coming up, whether it's the Juan Sotos, the Fernando Tatises, even the Cody Bellingers. Like, Cody Bellinger is still so yeah. young. Like, people always forget about him. This kid's only 25 years old still. And, like, you would think – there's just so much talent that is under the age of 25 right now. Uh, who else am I even forgetting here? Tatis, Soto, Acuna. Uh, there's just uh, Shohei Otani, who's 26. All these guys we're going to get to watch for the next however many years. And like, oh, yeah, let's not forget we have the, the, the top prospect in the league, uh, Wander Franco, is like a supposed generational talent when it comes to hitting so uh i would say that the league is in a good spot for the next uh for the foreseeable future yeah and breaking off of that it's gonna get i think it could get better because i believe we were having this conversation before we started recording with donovan the other day about the real realistically with the exception of the off the field the overall body language the mental game aspect the eye test aspect you don't need nearly as much time of a physical scout sitting at games watching players like you can get away with less scouts and less time if you're really just using them there to focus on the intangible stuff so by doing that you can then reinvest all that money all of those assets the employees into making a more efficient and better covered amateur scouting program, which I think is realistically the most logical way for every team that doesn't want, unless they're like absolutely cheap in like Pittsburgh or Tampa and doesn't want to uh, invest any more money than absolutely necessary. They're going to invest more in the amateur scouting, the amateur signing, and you're going to get, better talent identified quicker and moving up through the processes a lot quicker. So with the way the game has trended on all of the, the it's trended in all of the right places to advance things in other areas. Now, not only are teams going to reinvest their, their, that the, the cash that they're going to save into amateur scouting, but how about player development i mean these teams could put a ton of money into their minor league facilities you know now we see so many teams have uh sort of it's not stat cast but items that uh cameras and stuff that are used within stat cast are at some of the uh minor league stadiums and you know now that we have all all that that uh, data for the minor leaguers we're just going to be producing much more high quality and and a better players uh so i would say that the state of the game right now is for that is very very good the only like real bad part about the game right now is the financial system like that's that's what was such a problem this offseason and could potentially cause a strike heading into the 2022 season but as for like where the game sits at for player uh value it's tremendous right now yeah and the coolest thing about all of the stat cast stuff being in the minor leagues is the fact that you're gonna get you're getting a more robust trade market 
from the way I've seen it because every team plays differently. They have different philosophies. And so one guy may look all right to be a kind of meh. He'll be lucky if he gets up to triple A and works, gets time in triple A. That'll probably be his ceiling guy for one team. They may see this guy see be it his spin rate or something about his mechanics and the way he throws the ball and say, if we do X, Y, Z, this guy becomes a major league bullpen arm. So like the, the room for improvement becomes so much more when you're able to get so much data on different guys. I believe it is time for our once a week fantasy update on the MLB daily fantasy baseball league. Of course, we have this league going with a couple listeners of the show, as well as some really great baseball minds from all over the place. Uh, Rockin' at the Jake has quite a bit of representation here. Um, just generally be- general belly up sports, baseball people, really great baseball minds in this group. And so far, we're starting to see the cream rise to the top. So let me take you through before we do any focuses on teams, what the standings are looking like for important teams. In first, we have Papa Elge, the NFA Wildcats. He has a total of 90 points right now. He's sitting in first place. Right behind him is Papi's big Dominican lunch. We're sitting there at pretty at 89 points growing towards the lead as we speak. And then we've got a couple of guys here, particularly Tom Matheny is currently in third place, has certainly bounced back from a rough start to the season and has managed to get to 81 points. But the one I want to skip down to now is Sixth place, barely about six points away from being in the bottom half of the league. We stand Otani. Brandon, what's been going on? What's it's wrong? It's been a disaster three days for me. Because I was sitting at one point, like two or three days ago, two or three days ago, I was at, I believe, 88 points or something in sole position yeah. in the first place. And... It's just been rough. I think that's when I tried to to uh, bring up the the fantasy update on the show the other day because I want to talk about it because I was in first. And now you said, oh, we got to wait a few days. And I'm in sixth now. So, I mean, just rough timing right now. It's all about consistency. But, yeah, that must have been like no disrespect meant here, but that must have been some collapse for you because for like a week, for the majority of the week, it was – Papa Elge, my my team, and your team were all just like right head, neck and neck at the top. So to drop that many points that quickly, of course, some of these could be very close groupings. I mean, where are you? You know, you're actually you're actually not bad in average because like batting average, ERA, WHIP, stuff like that can turn out turn ugly on you incredibly quickly if you pick up the wrong guy. So. I certainly hope to not get burnt by that any more than I am, although I have largely sacrificed that at times. So Brandon, do you want to take a rundown of what's really going on with your team right now? Stat wise, you're looking, you're looking pretty good right now in a couple categories. Uh, we got whip 
going pretty well, as well as strikeouts. He's, his guys are doing quite a bit of the striking the players out. Yeah, so uh, over Tuesday's games and Monday's games, my, my players went a combined 15 for 64, which is not ideal. That comes out to a 234 batting average over the last two days. But uh, it's been the same main con- contributors – to the team, uh, Manny Machado has really stepped it up lately. Uh, also, you know, I have a Ronald Acuna. Him getting hurt these last few days has not helped. But it's the same core that I still have. Uh, Ronald Acuna, Manny Machado, Cody Bellinger on the IL, JT Real Muto, Max Muncy, Rafael Devers. Those are my main hitters along with Yermin Mercedes who I was able to pick up as for pitching I'm rocking with Tyler Glass now who has been excellent this year Jose Barrios uh Jameson Tyone who actually got me a pretty a pretty good start tonight and then as for the the bullpen guys I have uh Taylor Rogers for the Twins uh James Karinchak for the Indians and um Julian Merriweather, who I picked up on the Blue Jays after his hot start, he's gone to the IL. So I had to resort to pick up Huascar and Noah, who I talked about on the show a couple of days ago. He had an awesome first start. I pick him up and he gets shelled by the Cubs. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, still the, the, the main problem with my team is that I have too much hitting and not enough starting pitching. But I'm trying to make a trade at some point for some starting pitching. It's still early, so I got to feel it out. But uh, LJ, you want to take us through your team, and then I'm sure Papa Ellis would love a rundown of his team. Absolutely, yeah. I'm doing pretty well here, feeling fine with my team. We've got third place in ERA. And we're second in wins and second in strikeouts. Um, A couple other spots where we're in third with like runs and RBIs. And we're tied for first for home runs right now with Papa Elge. I've been pretty pleased, especially with this offense, what's been able to go so well with how blatantly I ignored the offense in the draft this year. So it really has worked well in my favor focusing on that pitching but my big thing here so far Brandon has been my closers just haven't been it hasn't been happening I mean don't get me wrong it's not necessarily bad production but they've just gotten off to they off to such a slow start where they had at one point like three or four as a group like three or four more wins than they did saves on the season currently they have five saves there were five wins and seven saves right now. My closers do. So once they start turning it around into a realistic time span or um, save amount, things will be going up for me. But other than that, I'm very proud, ha- happy with my additions so far. Guys like uh, Keel Badu has been do- doing just fine for me. Uh, Tyler Naquin has been a huge help towards that home run total. Joey Wendell. I hope you mentioned him. Uh, Yeah. How can you not mention Joey Wendell? He's one of the coolest players in the league. He doesn't wear freaking batting gloves with a wood bat. He's an (laughs) absolute monster. Um, A couple other, I feel like I've, I've been very proud of my ability to pick up 
very quality starters. I mean, I've got you, you got here, you got Jake Junis, Danny Duffy, Wade Miley, all on the same team, Jake Arietta as well. So being able to add those guys has been a huge help for my squad. Uh, also for any um, people in this league that might be listening, I am looking to move starting pitching for position player Beth right now. So please send me offers. I right, can let's... run through uh, okay. Go ahead. Papa Elge's team real quick, and then I'm sure you have some thoughts on it as well. But, uh, yeah, so uh, the NFA Wildcats sit in first place. Uh, the team is very, very well, well-rounded. well uh, As for hitting, the main contributors have been Pete Alonzo, Eduardo Escobar, who's off to a great start this year, already six home runs. Uh, Ryan McMahon, Bryce Harper, Jared Walsh, Shohei Otani, who is the perfect guy for that utility spot. I wish I could have drafted him. Uh, Kevin Biggio has been pretty uh, – he's, he's off to a rough start, but uh, he certainly has a lot of positional versatility. Uh, yeah, and then it's – his his uh, starting pitching is what's really scary here. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, he's going to get – Denilson Lamette back uh, starting today. Uh, guys like Carlos Rodon, uh, Kyle Gibson, Nathan Eovaldi, you know, so there's a guy who threw a no-hitter and then two of the guys who were on that list for who haven't allowed a home run yet. Oh, and he has Jacob DeGrom. So, uh, yeah, off to a very good start uh, with a really good team uh, that honestly – I'm, if if you would have shown me this roster right now, I don't think I would have said that it would be in first place, but he just has so many sneaky guys on here, not to mention a Christian Christian Yelich who is on the IL. That's another one of his big hitters too. So uh, yeah, LJ, he, he has really put together a solid team. Yeah, I think overall, this is a uh, really solid lineup. Of course, I'm a little jealous having that combination of Yimmy Garcia, Will Smith, and Mark Melanson on this roster. That's a solid group, I'll tell you that much. Um, Really great group so far. Certainly has a lot of potential. I'm hoping I can build around my team and supplement in a couple of these areas to be able to hold at least hold tight and wait for a hot section of the year later on to try to take some heat off this guy but I am pretty sure he should be able to if he would like um, Papa Elge will be able to give a written statement on the state of his team for next week's update so look out for that hopefully the we stan Otani's will be higher up on the standings uh, by the time we do the update next week but um yeah, LJ, unless you have any other thoughts, I think that that's going to do it for today's show. No, I think I'm all set, Brandon. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, thank you for listening to the MLB Daily Podcast. I believe this is our 53rd episode that we've done now. Yeah, this was our 53rd episode. Thank you for li- listening. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. And then me and LJ. LJ is at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiora. I'm at 
Brandon underscore Karam. And then, of course, make sure you're following the, the Belly Up Sports accounts at, at Belly Up Sports and at Belly Up Podcast uh, to stay tuned with their great content they put out every single day. But um, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, we will see you, as always, tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, enjoy some baseball, everyone. Bye, y'all.